fucking days and nights. Fuck me. Fuck me, you motherfucker. Fuck my mother. That's what you fucking tell me. Motherfucker, you. Who knows the name Thomas D. Simone or Henry Hill? How about Jimmy the Burt Conway or Jimmy the Gent? Or you might recognize the movie Goodfellas. Well, Goodfellas was based on actual, real deal shit that was going down. Thomas Anthony D. Simone was played by Joe Pesci. The, character, the actual man was born May 24th in 1950. He was an Italian mobster that worked as an associate for the Lachese crime family of New York. He had a shitload of nicknames, but a couple stood out to fit Tommy nicely. Two-Gun Tommy because he always had two guns. Some would call him Tommy D. Tommy had like three sisters and a couple brothers. Robert was in jail for life, and Anthony D. Simone, both Robert and Anthony, they were associates of the Gambino family also. His brother Anthony was whacked in 79, and Robert ended up dying in jail. His grandfather was also a big mobster. He was Los Angeles mob boss Rosario D. Simone in 22, and his uncle Frank D. Simone was the L.A. crime family boss in 56. Tommy became involved with, with the Lachese crime family crew headed by Capo Pauli Vieiro in 65. He was 15 years old, skinny and naive. Jimmy Burke was a family friend of De Simone's and knew Tommy as he grew up. When he was ready, Jimmy took him in, handling a few rackets to get his feet wet, kind of speak. Tommy De Simone quickly became to known to have a bad temper and a huge appetite. He could drink an Italian gallon, I mean an entire fucking gallon of milk every day. Friends and other Lucchese associate Henry Hill described Tommy as a friggin' psychopath. He committed his first murder at 18 when he shot Howard Goldstein in cold blood as they walked down the street. Henry Hill remembered and said he was with him and said, Yo, that was some cold-blooded shit, Tommy. And Tommy Simone said, Well, I'm a mean cat. DeSimone would kill several more times in a short life. In 1970, he killed a made man with the Gambino crime family named Billy Bats DeVino, as shown in the movie Goodfellas. DeVino made fun of DeSimone for once being a shoeshine boy. That's right, a lot of that shit in the movie was true. DeVino was a real feared gunman and had killed several people. But Tommy had earned respect as well, and he didn't take any verbal abuse from anybody that's why Joe Pesci played that perfect role for that pot like quick to fly off the friggin handle man a couple weeks later Davina was drinking at Henry Hill's bar when he instructed Jimmy Burke and Henry Hill keep him here keep that cocksucker here till I get back De Simone came back just after closing where Tommy De Simone, Jimmy Burke and Henry Hill killed Billy Bats. They put his body in the trunk and buried him upstate. Another murder of Tommy D's that was portrayed in the movie Goodfellas, but according to Henry Hill, he said the reenactment is very accurate to what really happened when Tommy D. Simone shot and killed Spider. 
Spider insulted DeSimone a few weeks earlier, and DeSimone retaliated by shooting Spider in the foot. When Spider returned to his job as a bartender, he and DeSimone exchanged a lot more words. Jimmy Burke joked up busting balls like he always does, and he gave Spider a $100 bill. He said, here you go, Spider. You got the guts and stand up for yourself. Tommy ended up pulling out a friggin' 38 caliber revolver and shot Spider three times in the, hest, in the chest. Everyone jumped up like, yo, what the hell? Henry Hill jumped down to check his pulse. He said, he's dead. Burke, who was charging the crew, told Tommy, I'm not digging a hole. I don't have a line to dig a hole. And Tommy said, I'll dig the hole myself like I never dug a friggin' hole. And Spider was never seen again. But since the making of the movie, there's been speculation that Hill lied about Michael Spider Gianco. As law enforcement looked for the body where Hill said it would be found and they couldn't find anything. And they couldn't even find any records of a birth certificate related to a Michael Gianco. And in the neighborhood where he supposedly lived and worked, no one even heard of him. Unless a body is found, that death will remain unsolved as Hill who died on June 25th, was the last person alive who can even prove the murder took place. But as of right now, in 2018, all these guys are dead. Simone killed several other people after Spider, a warehouse foreman named Stanley Diamond. Simone was just supposed to rough him up. And Gotti protege Ronald Foxy Jaton on December 18th of 74. To Jethro's disapproval, DeSimone had dated Jethro's sister. When Jethro found out about it, word got back to Tommy that Jethro had said he was going to kill Tommy. So acting on the threat, DeSimone went to Jethro's apartment and knocked on his door. When he opened the door, he stuck a thirty-eight caliber in his face and shot Jethro between the eyes, killing him instantly. Another murder of Tommy D. This was probably, on record, his fifth murder of his best friend, Dominic Remo. Burke learned Remo was working with the NYPD and planned to set up Burke in a sting. When Jimmy Burke found out about the setup, he and DeSimone went to Remo's place, asked him to go for a ride, and was killed by DeSimone by choking him with a piano wire. They buried Remo next to Burke's bar in a bocce ball court next door. It's been said... Every time since DeSimone and Burke would play someone on that bocce ball court, they would say, Hey, Romo, how you doing? DeSimone was alleged to have taken part in a December 78th Latanza heist from JFK International Airport, where $6 million was taken from a warehouse. After the heist, DeSimone was, Ill, was ordered to kill Parnell Stacks Edwards for failing to hide the delivery truck. For killing Stax, DeSimone was told he was going to become a made man if he completed the hit. So he found out where Stax was hiding and he shot him several times in the head. That was also portrayed in the movie Goodfellas. In January of 79, Simone's wife Angela reported him missing. She said she last saw Tommy a few weeks earlier when he borrowed money from her. It's been said he was killed on January 6th of 79 when Martin Krugman, the person responsible for telling Henry Hill about the Lestanza money, went missing also. 
Several scenarios have come to light describing why Tommy was murdered. If anyone listening thinks anything I'm saying ain't facts, let me know. Can we keep it real? 40 at gmail.com. But about the murder of Tommy, why was he whacked? Was it because he killed a made man? Was it because he was too loud, too noisy? Some say it was because he killed Billy Batch DeVino and Foxy Jetro, both members of the Gambino, without proper permission, as mandated by the commission set up long ago. The penalty is death for that. Another scenario is Tommy D was killed by Burke as D. Simone had killed or ordered to be killed almost everyone involved in the Lestanza heist. A final scenario was given by Henry Hill when he said Tommy was killed by the Gambino family for the two killings. The Gambinos only found out about the killing after D. Simone had tried to rape Hill's wife, who was having an affair with Paul Vieiro. While Hill was in prison, Vieiro told the Gambinos that D. Simone was responsible and sanctioned his hit. Henry claimed that in the weeks after Christmas that he and Jimmy had gone down to Florida to straighten out a drug deal gone bad. Tommy had remained in New York because he was going to be made. When Jimmy called to see if the ceremony had occurred, the code phase was to ask if Tommy had seen his godmother yet. And Burke was told that it had been called off due to a heavy snowfall. The next day, Burke listened in and found out that DeSimone had been murdered and slammed the receiver down and begun crying, just like in the film Goodfellas. They whacked him. They fucking whacked him. And I believe that was the actual scenario. I believe it was in retaliation for killing two Gambino members. Why do you think Tommy DeSimone was whacked? Do you think it was Jimmy Burke? Was it Paulie? Was it a Gambino hit? Was he just too fucking reckless? Let me know. Can you keep it real? Thanks for listening and we out. Anywhere I could do anything. I knew everybody and everybody knew me. Wise guys would pull up and Tootie would toss me their keys and let me park their Cadillacs. I mean, here I am, this little kid, I can't even see over the steering wheel, and I'm parking Cadillacs. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, and welcome. I'm hoping you're having a good Saturday, if it's the morning, if it's night, if the evening, whatever time you're listening. I'm glad you're listening, but please, do me a solid, man. Look out for a little man. Go to Apple iTunes and please leave a review. It will, I will really, really motherfucking appreciate it. But, yo, we're going to jump into this mafioso breakdown of these guys. I'm going to break down Henry Hill. You guys might know him from Goodfellas. Yes, he's the guy that took down everybody. We already go back and check out the story of Jimmy the Gent. We got stories of Frank Cadillac Salemi, Bobby DeLuca, Raymond Patriarca. Whatever gangster you want me to talk about, let me know. Hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. And pretty soon we got a special coming out on Alpo Martinez. If you didn't know, Cameron played him in Paid in Full. He killed Richard Porter. They were Harlem legends. But we're going to get into this gangster shit and let's discuss something about a man named Henry Hill who was born in June 11, 1943 in Brooklyn, New York. 
He's really famous for being portrayed by the actor Ray Liotta in the 1990 hit Goodfellas. He played a cheesy family associate involved in several high-profile robberies, murder, scandals, and finally, he was really known for being an FBI informant. Henry Hill grew up in a working-class family in East New York. He has several brothers and sisters. His father was an electrician while his mom stayed home with the kids. Like his good fellas showed, Henry grew up admiring the mob who socialized at a cab stand across the street from his home. Before long, he was running errands for several of them, and one particular named Paulie Vieiro. He was a capo in the Lucchese crime family. At the age of 14, Henry Hill was collecting bets and loan shock payments from construction sites for Vieiro and his brother. He earned like 190 a week just for being a member of the union. And in addition, he also got a whole shitload of money as a runner for Paulie. His biggest tipper was Vieiro's crew member, Jimmy Burke, who tipped Hill $20 bills for just walking a drink from the bar to the table in one of the nightclubs run by Vieiro's crew. When the money started rolling in, Henry did what any other teenager would have did in that position. He dropped right the hell out of school. And at the age of 15, he jumped in 100% of his time being a gangster. In 59, when Hill was only 16 years old, he was arrested for attempted to use a stolen credit card. By having been around the mob for a few years, Hill knew cooperating with the cops wasn't an option. He got out of jail shortly after giving his he got out of jail shortly after giving his name and earned the respect of many of Vieiro's crew, including Jimmy the Jet and Jimmy Conway, Jimmy Burke, whatever you want to call him, which was said to be difficult to gain this guy's respect. If you want to hear about Jimmy Burke, check out my previous episode of Can We Keep It Real. But in 1965, Paulie Vieiro introduced Hill to his future wife Karen. How nice Paulie introduced. You'll hear how Paulie and Karen actually have a bigger connection. But Karen's family didn't condone it because she was Jewish, you know, so the whole, you know, the whole thing about the marriage and this shit, but they had to elope later that year in North Carolina. Karen's family didn't even attend the wedding, but most of Hill's gangster friends did, and that was the same as in the movie. They handed them envelopes of cash as presents for the new couple. Hill and fellow Lucchese crime family member Thomas D. Simone, he was played by Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. They made their first big score when they robbed $420,000 from an Air France shipment on April 7th of 67. Henry Hill and Tommy DeSimone copied a key from a guard in charge of the incoming cargo flights. And after it arrived, they walked out of the cargo hold with bags of cash. They gave 120000 to upstairs, because you have to do you got to pay the Dons and the bosses, the Paulie, and the Colombo Capo, Sebastian Buster Alley, who considered the airport his turf. Although the majority of his money was made illegally, Henry Hill knew he wouldn't need to maintain he would need to maintain legitimate income if he was gonna outsmart the feds and starve off tax evasion indictments. And tax evasion also brings down all types of gangsters in that era. That was before they had the Rico. In sixty nine, Henry Hill ended up buying a restaurant and he named it the Suite. 
See, everyone tries to get a legitimate restaurant or a legitimate business, but like anything else, quickly, that becomes a mob hangout also. You remember the movie. A lot of the movie is actual shit that happened now in real life. Now, in June of 1970, the Gambino family had a made man. His name was William Billy Bats DeVino. Fresh off a six-year prison term, he was drinking one night with Jimmy, with Jimmy Burke and Henry Hill and Tommy DeSimone at Hill's restaurant. But little did DeVino know, he was about to spend the last moments alive as Jimmy Burke and Tommy DeSimone, they attended on killing him for remarks Dino had made a couple weeks earlier. See, in the movie Goodfellas, they put that all into one scene. Remember when they ended up pistol whipping him and, and they stomped Billy Bats to death on Hill's floor? But in reality, what actually happened, the beef had been brewing for weeks. After rolling DeVino into a mattress cover provided by Tommy DeSimone, the three men headed for DeSimone's mom's house for a shovel, where she ended up cooking them dinner. After leaving and with DeVino in the trunk, the men traveled to a isolated area up north to bury DeVino. But along the way, they also had to stop after hearing DeVino rustling in the trunk. They opened the trunk, and Billy Bats was still alive. They ended up killing him with a shovel and a tire iron until they were sure he was dead. Now, you remember in the movie, they ended up stabbing him, but they had to condense a lot of shit down in the movie to make it all fit. But on November 3rd, Hill and Burke were sentenced to 10 years in prison due to an extortion charge from the year before while the men were vacationing in Florida. Hill ended up going to the U.S. Penitentiary in Lewisburg where he was in jail with Paulie Vieiro who was serving a two and a half year to six for tax evasion and several other Gotti crew members serving various sentences. It was in that prison when Henry Hill met a man from Pittsburgh who for a fee taught Hill how to smuggle drugs into the joint. On July 12th and 78, Hill got out of jail. The next day, he went to Pittsburgh to expand his drug business on the outside. A few months after Hill ended up getting out of jail, a Lucchese family associate approached Burke about a possible large score worth millions. Burke assembled a team of men to investigate the opportunity. Henry Hill ended up helping with the logistics, but he didn't have a hand in the actual robbery itself. But on Monday, December 11th in 1978, Burke's crew, who was called Robert's Lounge Crew, pulled off one of the largest motherfucking heists in American history up to that point, And it was dubbed the Lestanza Heist. And this is what kind of made me interested in Jimmy Burke. Like in school, I actually tried to submit a paper on him as someone I looked up to. Well, several days later, the FBI, of course, were tipped the heist was executed by Robert's Lounge crew. So what they do, like any Fed does, they started following the different guys of the crew that was involved, following them around, driving them here and there, even Hill and Burke. But Jimmy Burke had to be a wise-ass and would knock on the friggin' cop's window and tell him, Come on, fucker, let's go for a ride. Well, Burke became so paranoid, and he began cutting ties with anyone that can connect him. In a few short months, 12 men were dead, or presumed dead. Five ended up becoming informants. 
as the men continued to disappear, Hill started getting concerned he too might get whacked by Burke. Hill also believed Vario had delivered up DeSimone to the Gambino family as retribution for the Billy Bats thing and for trying to rape Karen Hill's wife. See, Paulie Vieira was having an affair while Henry Hill was in jail. He was sleeping with Karen, which is kind of funny because when Henry Hill got out of prison and went to the house that Karen Hill was living in while Henry was in jail, the place was a dump. So, like, Paulie should have took a little better care of her. A lot of the scenes you see in Goodfellas is actually true. The Lestanza heist, the Air France hit, um, Henry Hill selling drugs in jail, him connecting with the Pittsburgh thing. On April 27th in 1980, the FBI played a wiretap featuring Burke talking to Viero that he thinks Hill needs to be whacked. Within a few days, Hill was released on bail. He met with Burke at a familiar restaurant where they discussed his case and a few opportunities. That was the same restaurant that they found out Tommy DeSimone was whacked the day he was thought to be made. But Hill needed money for his defense. Henry Burke said he had an opportunity in Florida. They'll go together to carry out a hit. Now Hill, like in the movie, he said he's never been asked to do a hit before for Viero. And he knew he would not come back alive. The FBI caught wind of the travel plans and picked Hill up right away to get him off the street. On May 27, 1980, Hill ended up signing a deal with the FBI to become an informant and join the Rat Squad. Against Viero, Burke, and 50 other guys. With his testimony, Henry Hill ratted his way to freedom. He helped the government convict over 50 guys, including Jimmy Burke, who was given life in prison for murder of a con artist. Jimmy Burke ended up dying in jail at 64. Vieira was convicted for helping Hill get a no-show job that helped him get parole from jail. And he was also convicted for extortion and sentenced to a dime. He died in jail also in 88 at 73. After Hill testified, his wife Karen and their two children, they were all placed in the witness protection program. But him and Karen couldn't hack it. She ended up leaving him in 89, and due to several violations, they were both thrown out of the program in the early 90s. But Hill remained a low profile until he got arrested for drug paraphernalia in 2005. From that point, with all the men he crossed probably dead, Hill didn't shy away from the public. He jumped into it feet first. He appeared on the Howard Stern Show. He signed books. He made books with other ex-mafia guys. And he sold his artwork on eBay. In February, Henry Hill was actually placed in the Mafia Museum in Las Vegas. Hill died eventually June 12, 2012 in Los Angeles Hospital after suffering a heart attack. I hate to say it, but... I don't feel bad for Henry Hill, but, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Everyone says that they'll be stand-up all their life, but does anybody know what they'll do when put in that situation? Well, if you're still with me, thank you. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the share. Next, we're going to hit up a little bit of Tommy DeSimone, character played by Joe Pesci.